1: Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way, back again with you guys for another episode of our Press Box series, our show in which we're joined by our colleagues over at football.london. Speaking of which, very happy to be joined by Kaya Karnak, how are you doing mate, you good?
0: I am good, I'm good, I'm very much looking forward to football coming back.
1: Mm, yes, likewise, uh, and to discuss that and more, we're also joined by Chris uh, you are you alright mate, you good? Do yeah, I... I'm good.
2: Thank you. Good afternoon to you, TC. Good afternoon, Kaya, and everyone tuning in. Uh, like Kaya touched on just then, very much looking forward to, to the Arsenal returning, too, of course.
1: Mm, yes, uh, thank goodness. It's about 18 days. I mean, it, do anyone feel like this has been longer than like an interseason break? Like in the summer, it's felt longer than that. Weirdly, psychologically, it's had a weird effect having to talk about transfers, the end of the transfer window, and then nothing uh, going on. We have managed to see Man United drop points, though, which is always entertaining and fingers crossed we can watch Chelsea mess up the Club World Cup because who wants a gold badge on their chest next season? We don't, that's for sure. Um, Anyway, we kick off in reaction to Mikel Arteta's press conference, which is the reason why there was no 9.30 show this morning because uh, the press conference went live on the channel so apologies for that, but uh, we know that you'd rather be looking at Arteta than looking well, maybe not all of you, but most of you hopefully would be rather looking at Arteta than our faces but uh, it was interesting, Kaya, to to hear his answers to the inevitable inevitable questions surrounding Pierre-Luc Aubameyang after Aubameyang said that he described him as his problem and Arteta replied saying that he was the solution what do you think he meant by that pretty clever wording isn't it I think he knows exactly (laughs) what he's doing
0: um the yeah I think there's clearly two sides to that story and both of them seem to be telling very different uh stories obviously Pierre-Luc Aubameyang feels that he was harshly treated by Arteta who uh himself feels that he was perfectly justified in his decisions and I think Arteta said in the press conference that he's always very big on every decision has to be for the good of the club Aubameyang obviously didn't quite think that and maybe thinking a little bit more short term but I, mm. you know w- without really knowing the outs of what's gone on it's difficult to to judge it's just it's it's maybe may sad but I also find it somewhat funny uh just that that back and forth <laughs> it, it did make me chuckle um when he said that today and I, I think uh Given what Abamiang said, it was it was quite a good response.
1: Yeah, I, I think that uh, his response was what I wanted it to kind of be, Chris. I didn't want him to to bite the bullet, if you like. I wanted him to respond in some fashion. Uh, there was part of me that wanted him to just bat the question away completely and move on. But hearing him kind of use those words of the solution in particular, the complete obviously opposite to the word problem that Abamiang used. It's uh it's it's good to see him put a positive spin on things once again, isn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I think as as Kaya touched on there, it was his clever wording from Arteta. Um, you know, he, he didn't have to say a lot, but what, what he said sort of covered covered a lot, if you know what I mean. You know, I think um as I said last week when Abamyang was unveiled officially as a Barcelona player, I'm sure, you know, he'd been holding what he said in for some time he had to to hold it in until sort of his arsenal future was was resolved and of course he, he got that deadline day moved to barca and he was able to open up on it a little bit you know both both sides of the stories you know we've always got to remember there's there's more than what meets the eye and uh, although as, as kaya said there you know we, we obviously we don't know all the details and what's happened behind the scenes, of course. And I'm sure that's, that could be something the Amazon documentary reveals come the end of the season. Um, it would that's be nice. Be an anyway. Oscar, I'll
1: tell you, that's gonna Oscar. It is at this man. rate. <laughs> it is at
2: this rate. Um, I mean, I saw the perfect club, I supposed to film with in order to gain an Oscar really. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I think that, Arteta said what he said. We're not going to get much more from him now. What's happened has happened. The situation has been resolved. But Aubameyang got that move to Barcelona. And now uh, our our focus is all on the players that are are still here at the club between now and the end of the season as we obviously look to secure that that top four spot. And um, yeah, we look to move on now. But um, yeah, I think it was a good response from Arteta. And that's all he needs to say, really, isn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That is kind of all he needs to to address with Yang. And it's not a a topic that we're going to spend any more time on because, in my mind, we need to move on from this now. is no longer an Arsenal player. Arsenal need to focus on the players they've now got at the club until the end of the season. And that's the most important thing that's going to get us towards our target of top four. Interestingly, though, sticking with the transfer window as a whole, Kaya, Arteta answered the question regarding the lack of incomings, I thought, really well. And actually, it kind of highlighted for me that my mind about how Arsenal are tackling the windows is actually in line with what they are doing. I mean, just to read out his response for those listening that weren't aware of what he said, uh, when asked about the lack of transfers, he said, we did what we believe was the right thing to do. The squad composition uh, and contracts were catching up. Be fair with players who hadn't had a lot of minutes. We had a clear plan of what we can do but then it has to be doable. Edu and his team have done a great job. We are very clear. We only want the best people and the best players at the club. When we are in a rush and the reasons to get a player on board are not the right ones, we didn't do it. And I suppose, Kaya, that kind of links back to the, the Alexander Izak chase towards the end of the window. And the only way to really get him out of Sociedad was to pay that £75 million release clause. And despite some attempts to maybe negotiate with Lareal. They decided not to go ahead because the only way that, to do that deal would have been to overpay and, and pay that release clause. So, do you think that that is the right path that they've chosen to go down regarding future transfer business?
0: Yeah, um, it's difficult to comment on that. Um, is that one in particular without knowing mm. the specifics of the deal? But, um, yeah, of course, yeah, I think in general, I think it's a, the right policy to go, to go for. I think Arsenal have, have been guilty of thinking short term in their recruitment a lot if you look at that immediate post-Wenger transfer window where the likes of Socrates, Stefan Licksteiner were brought in Petr Cech was a more short-term signing as well uh players like that if you're thinking a little bit further down the line Dennis Suarez um Willian there's, there's more <laughs> Willian yeah this the list goes on David Luiz and yeah. those kind of signings they were stop gaps but if you're looking to build a long-term Projects, which is what Mikel Arteta is looking to do, then stopgaps aren't what you need. You need long-term solutions and Arsenal are looking for a long-term solution up front and now it looks like they're going to be looking for two long-term solutions up front, which will be Mm. interesting to see how that pans out in the summer, but I don't think it would have been right to panic by a centre-forward just so you have someone for the remainder of the season. They're not thinking short-term, they're thinking long-term. Every decision, pardon me, Mikel Arteta makes is with the long-term in mind. So. Yeah, it, it makes sense and I think it's probably the right call. I get why people are frustrated about it and I get why if Arsenal finished fifth at the end of the season or even seventh at the end of the season, why people will be very upset with the fact that Arsenal didn't go out and sign a strike and upset with the fact they let so many players go. But for me, if you're looking at the long term and if you're looking at Mikel Arteta's attempts to, to bring this Arsenal team back to the top or if you're looking at any future manager's attempts to bring this Arsenal team back to the top, the reason Arsenal had such a, a hectic transfer when they're trying to get people out was because of the legacy of Mistakes made by previous regimes. This regime is trying not to make as many mistakes. And I think that's commendable.
1: Chris, do you think that the... the, I was going to use the word process then. I'm trying to avoid using that word. But do you think the decision-making of the transfer window is only justifiable if Arsenal make top six? Kaya referenced there like it's possible that we could finish outside the top six at which point people will point to that window and say you should have reinforced the striker position you should have reinforced central midfield and you didn't and it's cost us if it does end up being that and we're only speaking hypothetically here how damaging do you think that would be to both Arteta and Edu's kind of reputation amongst the fan base
2: of course I mean if we were to finish outside the top four it sort of gives supporters that extra incentive to to be more critical of the lack of business last month. Um, But then again, you know, there would have been no guarantees if Arsenal would have signed a new striker or a new uh, central midfielder, a new right-back, for example, uh, in January. There would have been no guarantees that, you know, they would have helped us, um, you know, guarantee that top four place, of course. Um, We can make new signings. They could be big names, but they aren't, you know, they don't hit hit the ground running always. And we've seen that before with certain players that have come to the football club. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll never know the answer to that, really, TC. But um, look, I think where we are now in terms of squad depth and overall quality and the numbers that we have, positions that need filling, we've set ourselves up to have a really big summer. And I'm sure, or I'm, you know, in my opinion, I'm confident that it will be Big, just like last summer as well. Several players will come through the doors, or um, uh, well, I say several players, but maybe maybe not as six as like like last summer, but maybe players who have more top quality. Um, it, it'll probably be a case of quality over over quantity, really, um, especially when you think about the, the striker position in partic- particular. Kaya touched on it there. We may even need to bring two strikers in, let alone one. So, uh, look. Arteta said there in his his press conference this morning that he only wants the best players at the football club. Again, it's reassuring to hear that. And um, I suppose maybe it's an indication that Arsenal are going to go all out in the summer and get some top-quality individuals through the door. You know, I've used this um, phrase a lot recently, but, you know, it's the best way to put it. In my opinion, a, a, a solid cake has been baked, but now it's just missing the icing on top. And I think, you know, the first part of that process came uh, last summer we're building a young talented team with a lot of potential moving forwards and now it's just about adding sort of one two or three top quality players to this group to really help it you know grow and develop so um it's going to be tricky between now and then there's a season of course there's a lot of teams uh, trying to fight for the same objective as, as, as us and there's teams around us that did indeed strengthen last month as well so they've got a slight advantage there with added added quality and added depth to their squad but um, Arteta's also made it very clear that he trusts the players that he has at the club and I think really when you look at it overall we've got a lot of players here that can create opportunities, can create goals uh, moving forward. The defence is You know, the strongest it's been in a long time, in my opinion, with the addition of Ben White and and Tommy Asu. Hopefully he's back soon. He he can make such a big difference. And, yeah, we just go for it. Give 110% each and every game and keep our fingers crossed. That's what we we can only do, really, isn't it? And, yeah, um, I I think it will be a big summer regardless of where we finish.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I think that where we finish will depend, will have a massive impact on, on who specifically we can sign. Um, mm. And it would open up a lot more doors being in the top four, but it won't close all of them being outside the top four, which is also important to consider. And Arsenal themselves will need to position uh, kind of their, their negotiation tactics in a certain way to be able to convince those players of the project, like we have been doing in recent seasons to bring in your Ramsdales, your Whites, your Gabriel Magalhaes, your Thomas Partes, etc. So all without Champions League football, and we'll have to do the same thing again. Lastly, moving on to look at Wolves, Kaya. uh, The biggest question around squad was uh, Takahiro Tomiyasu's fitness. It was... It was a bit of a yes and no answer uh, from Arteta as we've come to expect. I mean, for those again that have missed this, he said he's there. He had a recurring injury in the same place. So we have to be careful with him, but he's been training hard. Let's see if he's available or not. Now he was rushed back for that Liverpool game and that's what caused that setback that made him miss Burnley and, and most of the warm weather training camp, if not all of it. I'm not sure if he actually was able to attend any of it in the end, but Kaya, do you think that, he would risk such an important player again, considering that Wolves are an opponent that we, we definitely need to be looking to try and be, as are to be honest, every team towards now and the end of the season.
0: If he's training, I'll
1: imagine he'll play
0: just because Arsenal's next game after that isn't for nine days. That's a long time. Um there's gonna be another long wait for Arsenal after mm. after this long wait, not as long, but still a long one. So yeah, I'd imagine he'll he'll play and obviously if needs be, Cedric is there, Cedric's fully fit after uh, his hip injury that kept him out towards the end of January, uh, Ben White can always shuffle across, which isn't ideal, because you, then you lose his sort of possessional ability, bringing the ball out the back, Rob Holding I like, but can't quite replicate it in the same way, so Tomi Asu probably will play, I mean, you know, between now and tomorrow in the in the current world we live in, you know, you can never really be 100% certain mm. about anything, but um, my, my guess would be, just off the back of that hint, would be that Tomi Asu plays, because when, Arteta, or as far as Arteta is concerned, if they've trained, chances are they'll play. And that seems to be the sort of the precedent that he set with Tomiyasu, with Smith-Rowe, with plenty of other players who have sort of been on the edge this season. And I think after not playing for so long, hopefully you'd like to think that he's a lot closer to fitness than he was when we saw him in that Liverpool game where he was turned inside out by Diogo Jota, basically walking around with one calf, which was no good for anyone.
1: No, absolutely it wasn't. And, and we do need to manage... Tomiyasu's fitness correctly because without him, we have a lot of question marks as to who plays at right back. You'd think it would be Cedric, but Cedric's shown defensively to be a little bit vulnerable. not a little bit. considerably vulnerable defensively at times. Offensively, you know, he can add plenty going forwards, arguably even maybe a little bit more in terms of his crossing than Tomiyasu. But it is that balance that we lack in the kind of role that Arteta wants from the right back that Tomiyasu has now made his own to allow the left-hand side to be so offensive with Tini being so kind of attacking down that left flank. Chris, how confident are you going into this game against Wolves? They, they didn't particularly play a great game against Norwich and it cost them a place in the FA Cup this season. They played most of their first strength eleven besides Saar in goal and him and F up top. It will be a very similar lineup against Arsenal. Do you think that we go into the game as considerable favourites or is it one that we don't need to get too overconfident about?
2: Well, I don't think we should get too overconfident. I think we were the the, the big favourites going into that game against Burnley, but look how that turned out. Um, Wolves are a very good team. They've got some some good players in there. Jimenez, um, Ruben Neves, as well in midfield. A lot of creativity going forward. Um, so they they won't be an easy team to break down, um, and I think they'll they'll cause some problems for us as well when when they have the ball. But um I think in terms of overall quality and obviously players coming back from the Africa Cup of Nations, Thomas Party. Um has he served that one game ban yet? He, yes. he has, hasn't he, Party? Yeah. Um this has been that long since we last played, I can't remember. Um <laughs>
1: he served and... a twenty day ban so far. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um
2: and uh, of course, you know, as Kaya touched on there, it seems as if Ca um Tomiyasu could be in line to start, which as I touched on a moment ago. Will be a big boost because we know that the, the difference he can make. So, yeah, I'd expect us to get the three points we need to. We absolutely need to because um, results last month were were far from good enough. And obviously, now as we go into the second half of the season, each game is like really when you are fighting for a Champions League place, it's like every game's a cup final. In my opinion, you've got to go into it with you know thinking that a lot is on the line. And, of course, teams around us doing, doing well as well, only increases that pressure and the incentive to really go for it now. Um, big part of the season and every game is going to be absolutely crucial. So hopefully now, you know, with a new month, a new start for Arsenal after this break, they can get off to a really good start. And hopefully it's a, a sign of some good things to come between now and the end of the season.
1: Absolutely. Um, just before we wrap up, I'm gonna get a scoreline prediction from the two of you. Be as brave or as silly as you like, Kaya. Starting with you. Where I are I can gonna be as
0: silly as I like. Wow, that's sky's <laughs> the limit. No, I'll be serious and I'll go for. <clears throat> Can't even get it out of my mouth. Um, a good old-fashioned one-nil to the Arsenal, I think. Um, yeah, Wolves aren't a team who score many. And I'm
1: uh, <clears throat> really sorry. Um, Wolves aren't a team. Oh, you 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 score you've caught many. Chris's frog that he often has. Yeah. <laughs>
0: really clearly uh what was our tv score goals is the point i've been trying to make but my body won't let me and uh so i think I back arsenal to probably keep a clean sheet if possible assuming there's no catastrophic refereeing decisions like we saw last season at Molyneux. Mm. so you know i think Arsenal have had their fair share of bad luck at that stadium. I think they're they're entitled to a bit of good luck this time around. And, oh, the naivety. I <laughs> know. Yeah, no, 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 and yeah, that's that's obviously not how this this world works. Otherwise, we'd all be a lot happier as Arsenal fans. I think, yeah, but um, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna stick with one nil because um, yeah, I think that Arsenal will be able to get one on the night.
1: Lovely stuff,
2: Chris. Yeah, I think Arsenal will win, but I think it will be tight. I'll go for 2-1, just to mix things up a little bit. Um, and I think, you know, with the creativity and certain players Wolves have going forward, I'm sure they'll create one or two problems. But uh, as I said a moment ago, with in terms of overall quality, um, we've got a better squad and I would expect them to uh, to get the result.
1: I am going to be confident and go for a 3-1 Arsenal win. Uh, call me mad. We've had loads of days off. We've had loads of rest. Everyone's back, my Tommy Asu. So we could be full strength. Who knows? We'll wait and see. Uh, I wasn't impressed with Wolves' performance at the weekend. I'm sure that's not the Wolves that we'll see play, and they'll definitely step up their game for Arsenal tomorrow. But, yeah, look... I want to be confident. I want to go into that game and, and fingers crossed, build up some momentum because we've got lots of winnable fixtures, I think, before now and and playing some of the likes of Man United and Spurs, etc. So, let's let's build up some strong confidence and form and, fingers crossed, Lacazette can get on the score sheet and put to bed all of these questions we've got about striker as well. Thank you, Kaya, <laughs> as always, mate, for coming on the show. Tell people where they can find you and what you're going to be up to. That's my pleasure. I'm at KayaKainak97 uh, just to... Uh,
0: and... Uh, and I'm on Facebook, Kyra Karnak Journalist as well. And, of course, all my good stuff is on the football on the website. Lovely
1: stuff. Chris, always a pleasure, my friend.
2: Thank you, TC. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Kyra, as well. Thank you to everyone tuning in. And, yeah, um, fingers crossed for a positive result tomorrow.
1: Mm. You can tell people where they can follow you, Chris, if you like as well. Oh, thank you. Aff- I don't usually afford you this luxury, but go on, mate.
2: <laughs> no, you don't. Um, <laughs> I'll take advantage whilst I have the chance. Um, people can find me at C Davison underscore fc going along the bottom of the screen there. And of course, um, they can find my articles on the Arsenal way. Uh, website well, on the football.london but on the Arsenal Way section should I say <laughs>
1: <laughs> Lovely stuff I'm just noticing going on the bottom of the screen it's not even Kaya's at-hand so I'm definitely going to need to change that um, oh, Omar <laughs> yeah. but in regards to uh, what we're going to be doing on uh, Arsenal Way side of things obviously we'll have a match reaction tomorrow straight after the game you'll also be able to watch Arteta's post-match press conference you'll be able to find all of Kaya and of course all of our colleagues over at london there's match reaction stuff to the game too as well as following on live with the press conference on the blog there as well so make sure you check that all out if you would like to follow me which you can do too it's at tom canton media and you can follow the arsenal way at the arsenal way n5 thank you so much for joining us as per i'll be back tomorrow morning uh for the 9 30 arsenal agenda show chris and bailey i believe that is am i right in saying that chris are you on tomorrow yeah i am indeed mate Pretty sure it's you and Bailey tomorrow then. Lovely stuff. And you'll be able to join me and Hush for the post-match game. So all of that to look forward to. We'll see you again soon. Drop a like on the video if you've enjoyed it and subscribe to the channel and help us get to 10,000 subs. We'll see you soon. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way.